0: Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. Uh, my name is Andy Hayes. With me is Jansen Mizrak, Peter Leinenweber, and uh, we also have a silent partner, Peter Donahue. who's was in the room, but he is not uh, going to be joining us. He, him and I have another podcast coming out on Fridays called The Golf. Um, I recommend you listen to it. Uh, there will be another one this Friday as well. So if you want to hear him, you're going to have to you know, come back on Friday. Um, Jansen, Pete, how are you guys? Oh, doing good. Thanks for having us back again, Andy. Good to be here.
2: Yeah, doing well. Happy to be here uh, two weeks in a row.
0: We kinda need a name for this podcast, this like weekly show, like maybe not. <laughs> maybe we could just be
1: given the title of co hosts. Yeah. That'd you, be pretty
2: cool.
0: Yeah, of course. I'll add that to like my email signature and put it on LinkedIn. Tag. <laughs> yeah, but like we need a name for the Tuesday podcast. Like you know, there's like Tuesdays with Maury you guys read that book
1: oh sure like um, yeah it's like a like a series within the golf practice podcast yeah
0: like the Tuesday tradition the Tuesday I don't know you know so Mm.
2: I have to think about that one
0: you know we just need if you'll just send me some messages on Twitter listeners we'll take the best Mm. uh, the best answer the votes yeah
2: crowdsource it I think you'll get some good ideas okay Okay,
0: cool All right, so we've got that covered we'll hopefully come back by next week um, with something like that. Um, the This podcast has three segments. It has the biggest golf story of the week, according to us. It has some things we are fascinated by in the week, and then it also has the question of the week. Mm. So let's get into it. Um, the first segment, the golf story of the week, this is courtesy of Peter Lionweber. Lead us off.
2: Yeah, so I was thinking yesterday a little bit about what's going on, but Andy, I know you and I had talked about trying to not be so heavy on the pga tour because golf's a lot bigger than just professional golf especially the pga tour specifically so wow. uh, i was thinking about this week with it being the the players championship i remember a year ago now is when everything kind of shut down uh, both in the world and especially in the in the golf world so um thought we could talk a little bit about how the pandemic has changed not only professional golf but also recreational golf and golf in general so looking forward to hearing your guys thoughts
0: how has pan- the pandemic changed recreational golf according to andy hayes wow yeah well, That's <laughs> such a question um why don't we start with like last year like where we were and kind of what happened and what our lives were like um as this was all unfolding you want to
1: Yeah, um, I I feel like I can speak on this one because I was just updating my coaching hours on our spreadsheet. And so for the listeners that don't know, um, the coaches here at the golf practice, we have an awesome Excel spreadsheet uh, that we track month to month and week to week all the hours of lessons that we've given from a private instruction standpoint. And uh, this month, last year, we taught for the first two weeks of it and we were extremely busy in February and the first two weeks of March we were we were rocking and rolling, especially moving into the season. And then you see that spreadsheet go completely blank. So I was like, holy cow, like looking back at it, uh, just to see how busy we were. Um, and then everything literally got, got to a standstill. And I remember, you know, getting halfway through that week. I think I taught on a Monday, Tuesday and had one lesson on Wednesday. And then I didn't, I didn't teach a lesson for like nine weeks. It's crazy. Wow. It's
0: crazy. Yeah. I remember I was thinking back to those weeks and how oh, it wasn't, I don't know, whenever you're in the midst of something that's not fun, like it's not fun, but when you look back at it, you're like, wow, that was awesome. Like, I, don't yeah. we, uh, I actually remember we got like shut down. We couldn't do lessons. We couldn't do anything like golf. Um, golf as a whole just like was canceled in Illinois for which I think we need to get into a little bit about like, yeah. Y- they couldn't you couldn't play golf anywhere, anywhere for the whole month of April. Um but we had our little like uh, I don't know what do you call it, a speakeasy here at the <laughs> golf club Dude, that's the best way to describe it. Where, it's so legit. Where we could park we like parked, you know, a little I- inconspicuously, you know, out of the way. But then like you, me and Pete Peter Donahue would be here I don't know, a couple mornings each week. Yeah. Kept our distance, of course, but uh It was good to see someone and talk to someone and swing a golf club. It was like just tiptoeing
1: around to like get in the door, keep the lights off. would not even blare the music too loud.
0: But like I had to do it to
1: keep sanity. Yeah. Had to.
0: Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, I do remember that uh, golf actually like opened for like one day. And my brother and Jenny and I, we went to like Cog Hill and played like number four course or something because it was open for one day and it was like raised raised um they raised the cups out of the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. thing you know so before the noodles became a uh you know a mainstay yeah, that's in, a whole in story the place there. so you could just like bash the balls off the cup but it was like so fun to get out and go do something and we, you really like because you paid online so you didn't interact with anyone else so it's like this seems like know a pretty safe thing to do but then the next day they said no more golf um pete did you play any golf in that in that month
2: yeah so um i obviously wasn't with the golf practice at the time i was working for a company called ncsa i was a a golf recruiting coordinator there and when everything kind of shut down was i think march 13th that friday um my boss told me we're going to be home for a day or two. Um, and I would never worked from home in my life. So I was like, oh, it's going to be kind of fun. It's a Friday. It's St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, I'll kind of, you know, mail it in. Um, it'll be an easy, easy day of work. And then that Sunday, I got an email from my manager saying, we're going to be home for a week or two. And then that week or two turned into a month or two. And then obviously uh, it turned into a long time. But I was not lucky enough to play golf much at the time. I was obviously working a eight to six uh, schedule Monday through Friday on the weekends. I think I went out to canal once or twice in Mar- early March or mid March, like right when the pandemic started. And then as you just said, Andy, once Illinois shut down golf altogether, I was like, wow, this, this kind of stinks. And I didn't have obviously access to the cube. Like you, you guys did, even though you didn't technically, you just kind of snuck in here, but jealous nonetheless. Um, so I wasn't playing much at the time, but when may roll around, May 1st, that's when things started to kick back up, and I was I was playing usually at least once a week uh, on Saturdays or Sundays. So, eventually came back around, but that that six week stretch was was tough. Hard, man,
1: mm-hmm. I think at first like it was kind of nice because we were so busy in February coming out of the winter, and and even those couple weeks. Uh, again, kind of looking back at the coaching hours, it was like, you know, we were all teaching 20 plus hours a week of private instruction on top of the programming. It's like, that's pretty good, you know, and uh, keeps you full. And so to to have a couple random weeks off, it was like, OK, this is nice to kind of catch your breath and whatnot. But as soon as like that was kind of up, like I don't know about you guys, but I freaking love working. Like I love working. I love interacting with my students. I love the programming we do. I love being able to practice at work. You know, just the whole thing. And so, having that stripped away, you know, um, was really hard. Yeah. And and the weather was still a little dicey. So mm-hmm. even if you could go sneak out here and there, which you couldn't really until it was like actually open back up. You know, it was just like, golly, you're tied tied with your hands behind your back.
2: So. I think a similar analogy to what you just said about like liking to work is like when you come home, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but when I came home in college, like for the summer, my job actually with the golf practice didn't start until like June. So there was like a two week stretch in late May where you're just like home. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm excited for this. I don't have to do anything. No more, no more schoolwork, no more studying. I'm just going to kind of hang out, play some golf, whatever. And then like after like two days, you're like, all right, I'm bored. I got to go back to work. Yeah, you need a mission, right? Right. You need need something to do, a task, whether
1: it's like a hobby or Mm -hmm. uh, you just need something to do to fill your time that's of what you think is valuable, you know, so that you, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, probably taking some words out of Peter Donahue's mouth of like, you know, like something from, like you have to have value and purpose in your life to to be enjoyable. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially with mental health, you know, of, (laughs) what do I do? Or I feel like I'm trapped. I feel like I'm locked in a house. Because a lot of people have never worked from home. And I think a lot of people enjoy that. You know, I had a a student of mine who, um, you know, is used to commuting downtown and then having that commute back to kind of decompress from a pretty stressful job and then had that taken away. And it's like, wow, now I'm in my home office and I step outside and now I'm right there with my family. And, you know, I haven't had any time to decompress. And like, I might, you know, be a little rude mm-hmm. you know or mm-hmm. um not feel like i'm dad or or a good husband or a partner or whatever Definitely. it's like yeah man like i could only imagine that you know? it takes a lot of discipline i think to to work from home and be able to balance that work-life balance when you're in the same area all day right. long. Mm-hmm. you know That's i remember i think yeah. i took i would have taken for granted if i was in that situation yeah
2: i remember i used to like when i first started working from home and like it took a few weeks for me to get to this point but I started like putting on shoes in the Mm. and even when I was in my my office was in my bedroom but I thought just the shoes were kind of like a a a reminder or some sort of like I'm stepping into my to my work life here and then once works over I'd kind of like you know relax and and put my feet up per se but it took a while to get to that point but there needs to be some sort of like Click at the beginning yes. and the end of the day that brings you clocks you into work and then clocks you out of work and I think that's it's a really interesting point you bring up like the shoes my
1: my brothers worked from home for a while even before the pandemic and so when the, uh, the transition was no uh, it was very easy for him because it was nothing different than what he was already used to but he I remember him making a couple posts and and sharing this information with some people that were ma- having a tough time with this transition of like working from <laughs> home and not knowing how to you know balance that. And, like, one of the number one things was, like, hey, get up and have your morning routine and get ready for work. Mm-hmm. Like, put don't work in your pajamas and just put a collared shirt on so that you look like you're dressed for Zoom. Like, literally get ready. Do your hair. Put your contacts yeah. in. Put your shoes on. Put the full work uniform on. And even though you're in front of a computer screen all day long, you're working. And then, mm-hmm. hey, when you clock off or go home, you know, quote air quotes, Go change. Then go put on your, your yeah. joggers and your lounge wear, you yeah, know, and, exactly. uh, and and go relax and, and allow yourself to sit on the couch. But, like, don't go sit on the couch while you're on the clock. Like, don't do, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, holy cow, that takes... But if you have, like, little parameters like that that you've set for yourself, then I think mentally you can be a little, little sharper.
0: Mm-hmm. So the question you asked at the beginning was, like, how has recreational golf changed? I don't know if you guys have answers to that. I... I would say, like it cha- I, from my perspective, it changed for a little bit, but then it didn't, like it didn't quite stick as much as maybe it could have. I think about in like in May when golf opened up and like Sunset Valley opened back up. Um, you booked online, you paid online. There were no golf carts. Um, there were no rakes in the bunker. There was only one employee working at a time, just like a starter out front that you didn't really have to interact with. Like you was just there to kind of make sure people weren't sneaking on the course um everyone walked everyone played fast uh there were little noodles in the the cup uh it was kind of generally just a lot simpler um it felt like and it was really like and it was fine it was good like you think of so many places or like the way to the way to like do golf is like you need this fancy clubhouse and you need all these people around you need someone at the at the bag drop to grab the clubs. You need someone uh, inside, you know, probably two people, two or three people working inside at the desk to, you know, greet people and give them their scorecards and answer questions. But then you also need a starter at the first tee who's going to even do more and more things. And that's just like a lot, a lot, a lot of people um, that when they all just like went away for a little bit, I didn't, I mean, I liked it. I don't know if other people like complaints or anything like that but people are always thinking about how to you know make golf faster or or cheaper or all these different things and it's like here we actually did it so why not
2: yeah i thought yeah well said i thought it was awesome just kind of it was like a like a fresh start for golf and for a lot of people that that never had played golf before that joined Uh, i have a few stats that i'll share in a little bit about how golf grew in the last year but Um, it was just simpler. Like, the no rakes was weird for maybe a week, and then I was like, all right, it's normal. You know, there's local rule everywhere of, like, if it's in a footprint, you move it, or or you get to rake it with your foot or whatever. Um, I think I thought you had to play it. (laughs) I wasn't. Whatever the group was. was. You weren't (laughs) playing it? Jeez, that says a lot
0: about the way you play. (laughs)
2: College me would have played it, because, I I mean, but now I'm I'm a little more lax than I was then. Okay. But I will say... um, the biggest thing to me was the flat or the the pin mm. in the hole because when they changed that rule i think it was beginning of 2019 at first i was like ah oh, this is kind of weird like i'm so used to taking the pin out but then like once you were kind of forced to do it then it's just it became normal and i think now it's still you know i don't even think about it anymore um i'm i'm normalized to putting with the pin in um but yeah it was just some new things that you you never would have thought about before like you said there's so many people that go into like when you get to a golf course to the point where you actually tee off on the first hole, um, that I'm not saying their jobs are worthless, but might not be as necessary anymore with all the, the different steps you need to take. Um, and golf's just a little more simple, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing that the noodles in the holes added, it's like, it just, if you ever missed a putt, it gives you another excuse, another possible <laughs> excuse. So like, well, I hit the noodle, <laughs> I hit the noodle, didn't it? I was in. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So for the people who are prone to be like, Oh, that,
2: how many was people so, do you think claim they got a hole in one because of and, and the noodle popped oh it out?
0: God, it's a tough one. I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I haven't heard any stories. Have you?
2: I've heard some rumblings. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was playing at Canal this summer with my good buddy Will, um, and I'm convinced that my ball didn't go in because of the noodle. Because it went, it was going right at the hole, and it, the bounce that it took off the green, yeah. I feel like could have. It went straight up in the air like higher than the flag i'm like i've never seen a ball (laughs) hit hit the (laughs) the green and bounce that hard unless you're playing on like cement but um i don't claim it as one Uh, but that's probably because i already have one so like if i didn't have one i'd be like yeah no i definitely have one i couldn't agree more with like the walking
1: i thought that was like so simple And, and same thing it's like hey Again, you don't want to take away jobs from like a you know high school kid that's, you know, trying to earn some extra dough on the side of, you know, washing carts and whatnot. You know, I've been in those shoes too. But um it's like, hey guys, go walk. It's not that hard. You know, it's like if you want to go enjoy I and the pace of the golf course flows so much better because there's not all these options of, Oh, these guys have a push cart, half the group's walking, half the cart's riding. Or well, and then the other thing was like, people aren't sharing a cart. When they were ba- allowed back, no. everybody it was a single cart rider. And so, like, mm-hmm. you didn't have to do this zigzagging with the golf cart, you know, from the right rough to the left rough to this bunker to that bunker because, you know, Joe Schmo sliced it over here, but his playing partner in the cart hits a duck hook, you know? And so um, I love the walking, and that was
2: awesome.
0: Yeah, and I know, you know, my, my uh, Twitter mentions are going to be filled with people being like, what about the... What about the uh, the people who have disabilities? Like, why can't they take cart? Well, we can have a couple carts for them. Um, yeah, that was that's always yeah. been a guess. What there's some places like Sand Valley, Bandon Dunes, exactly. that are doing just fine as walking only resorts. People are literally going to the middle of nowhere to play golf at these places, and they're they're. Most of them are walking. If someone needs a cart, they have carts for You can always make the accommodation. You can always make the accommodation. So hey, you'll be fine. Um, But the thing is, we live in a world uh, or a country with just, I don't know, a lot of idiots in it. So (laughs) it's never going to work. Just a few. Um, Spent the summer sitting outside of kind of Canal Shores Pro Shop for maybe about an hour every morning. And Canal Shores, they didn't have as many carts, so they charged... Uh I think it was like $28 a rider. <laughs> Is that right Pete Peter Donahue 28 25 a rider 25 a rider. And Jeez. then how much was the green fee? Like like maybe 40 or something 30? 30 you know, 35 35 or 40 at Canal for a cart and they were only allowed a cart if like you you had a disability or something. But so every day it just Some like guy my age, he's like, Man, my knee. It's like, I'm going through physical therapy. My knee is so bad, I need a cart. And it's like, Dude, how are you swinging a golf cart? Yeah, sounds like an episode from
2: Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David being like, Yeah, my knee. Like, come on, I need a cart.
0: Yeah, exactly. Over and over, and then. (laughs) (laughs) That <laughs> <laughs> this just guy bumped it. into me
1: in the parking lot. My elbows really you sore. You can just imagine mean, these
0: guys who work with canal pro shop. There's these high schoolers from Evanston, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. We don't. We only allow carts if for like special circumstances." And people are like, "Are you, are you kidding, kidding me?" Like, just over and over. So it's just it's just a disaster because they're trying to find anything. They're like, "Well." oh, I'm not going to be able to play. Like, I'm just not going to be able to do it if I can't take a cart. Like, what? No cart? And Canal Shorts is, is the worst course you could ever take a golf cart on. These these little alleyways you have to drive oh, through. You drive on the, on the street. You yeah, drive so. on
2: in the public on the street. Yeah. Like, it's actually quite dangerous to take a <laughs> cart.
0: Yeah, it's a disaster. And so I just wish it was it – was, I understand, like, why they switched back to, um, you know, allowing carts for – for people but i wish a course would just take the plunge and be like we're a walking course i think that would be it yeah. could be spun as a marketing opportunity um you know like i know canal shores isn't sweeten's cove but like sweeten's cove like we're a nine hole course we have like multiple pins on each green like they do things weird and it makes it but they try to sell it as being cool and i think canal or places like it could be like could have their own version of that absolutely um but that's funny. Yeah. I'm back. yeah. How
1: so, am I going to sneak all these beers on the course? if I don't have a <laughs> cart to carry them. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. yeah.
0: It's just like so weird that some people have never, they've never like considered that it, it'd be a possibility to walk. Like, yeah. What? How? Yeah.
2: Like, what? Well, like, and and, and with the, with the pandemic, like obviously with a lot of people stuck working from home, they're not commuting. So they're not walking to work or they're not walking to the train or, or whatever it might be. So, that's a good outlet for exercise, too. I know for me, I was inside Monday through Friday mm. all day. So, like, when I went and played golf, it was not only I love golf, so it was a lot of fun, but it was exercise. Or I was just outside with my friends. I was walking. Um, it took four, four and a half hours, and it was just a good, good way to get some fresh air for a long period of time when you're stuck at home all day. So I think it's a positive for that, too. But maybe it's making a lot of people realize that they don't need a cart to have an enjoyable golf experience. Yeah. We'll Y'all see. remember when all the push carts sold out?
0: Oh yeah, that
2: was another
1: thing. Uh, that was like a seven hundred dollars for a push cart on Amazon. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any other? I mean, the the rakes in the bunker. I feel like what would what would be wrong if the hazards actually played like a hazard for people? Where if you hit it in a bunker, you're not guaranteed a an easy shot. and we we actually had a podcast before pre COVID. Do you remember that, that as my my half-baked idea was no yeah, rakes and bunkers. I know. I um
1: know. I went on both sides of that argument.
0: Cuz you know? like the look of a raked bunker.
1: Yeah. But it,
0: I but I think you settled on like if there we rake it beautifully at the beginning I, of the day and 100%. then as it gets used like hey, hope you get lucky. Right. Um <laughs> Or just know, don't hit it in the bunker. Or don't hit it in the bunker. Too <laughs> um, <Do> better. <laughs> I mean, at Bay Hill this week, Bryson, did you guys watch it at all? Bryson hit it. He hit it into a bunker on 11 and it plugged and he hit it out to like 40 feet. And the mics, hot mic, it's like, hear him saying, the worst bunkers on tour. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. wow. They're so, you're not, And then, but then, like, he made the putt. Like, it was fine, man. Um, but then after that, he kept hitting it in bunkers. Like, hey, if this is the worst bunker on tour, do a little better. Yeah. Navigate.
1: Yeah. Choose a different strategy. Yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, who are we to say he just won? You know. Yes. One point five million dollars. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to say anything else about COVID golf? Well,
2: I do have some stats if you'd like to hear them about. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. All right.
1: I like putting numbers to it.
2: So um, this article. Let's see who it was written by. I want to make sure I. Same, my sources here. Um, it's from the Washington Post. It was written by uh, Rick Mace or Mies. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but this is from September. So it's a little outdated, but it, it tells kind of what it was like in the end of the summer. Like, how did the summer go? So, some stat that stood out to me was that golfers played 10 million more rounds in July than they did the previous July, which is a, a 20% increase. Um, I, and this is in the U.S., not not across the world. But I thought that was – that's a pretty big jump, 20%. Um, and then it was up 14% in June and then 6% in the previous month of May. So uh, once things kind of started up again May 1st, it, it obviously um, went way up. So I think that was obviously good for the game of golf as a whole. Um, and then also junior golf, uh, it says the – the National Golf Foundation estimated that the number of junior golfers, so ages 6 to 17, uh, increased by 20%, 500,000 golfers by the end of the year. That's great. So obviously we want more juniors playing. We've talked about that plenty, but um, that's a pretty big increase. So, And then the, obviously the sales uh, of equipment went way up too. So I thought that was some interesting numbers. I mean, 20%, that's, that's a lot.
0: Do you think that's going to stick, or is that just because there's nothing else anyone could do?
2: Um, I don't think it's going to stick at at a full 20% more, but I do think a lot of the kids that um, were athletes of other sports um, that weren't able to do baseball camp, weren't able to do basketball camp, said, hey, I'm going to go try golf. I'm going to go try golf camp, and I, I, I would assume... Maybe the, the kids at Canal with the golf practice—they're for sure coming back. But I can't speak for other yeah. other camps. But I, I would imagine, or it's safe to assume that that a good amount of those those players will stay.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to look back—you know—a couple a couple years from now to see what's the retention. You know, mm-hmm. what was the retention rate on all of those? Because certainly a lot of people are going to go back to their sport that that was originally their primary sport. But you know, there's uh, we were lucky in this industry to say. That golf was one of the first sports back, and so uh, it was a good excuse for people that haven't played in a while to get back into it, and then people that have been wanting to try it to actually pull the trigger on it. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting because you know, the more the better.
2: Yeah. Sweet. What do you think? Do you think they'll stay?
0: I don't know. It's like you want to say y- you
1: want to say yes, but I like you know i'd I'd wonder where the what the numbers were before all of this were they trending up or were they trending down you know, and what's it you know is the tour influencing this at all? you know I don't think it really is um i th- I still think golf can be viewed as a as a sport that that's hard to get into or expensive or there's a lot of notions about it that aren't necessarily positive, but I think this this could have turned it around you know so
0: yeah, I was thinking about like was there So a lot of new people started playing golf, but was their um, experience with it valuable enough that they will stick with it? I don't, I don't quite know the answer. Um, For a lot of kids, golf, a lot of people, golf is when you're not very good, golf's not that fun. You don't have to be that good to enjoy golf, but you do have to have some level of, uh, you know, of of what you're doing. And we've talked, we've been talking in in our, you know, some of our meetings for planning canal. Like if you like if you can't finish a hole in a certain amount of time like if you can't play in 12 minutes a hole what's a game you could play out there in 12 minutes a hole so some ideas of like if you hit if you hit a ball in the, in the trees like you have there's just a drop zone you know 20 yards from the green just like all the time but cuz you imagine there has to be some people who played who hit the ball you know out of bounds yeah. re tee hit another one out of bounds top it okay now you've just made three swings in five minutes, and now like what are you gonna yeah now you're it's frustrating. sixty yards out, and the ball's not teed up like what are you gonna what are you gonna do from there and so um, and the
1: conditions that they're playing under are different it's walking there's you know all you know yeah. all these things, and so now, when it gets back to you know again air quotes normalcy you know mm-hmm. of playing again, and maybe there's you know a group pressing up on you, it's like how is that experience gonna be when it gets busier or you get I mean, I guess it it already is busy, but when it gets back to normal, are they still going to enjoy it the way they did? Because maybe they were kind of able to slip through the cracks and take advantage of a downtime in the beginning, and uh, kind of play on their terms. But
0: yeah. yeah, but golf golf's pretty fun, so it's pretty th- awesome. It, it's gonna be fine. Um, I'm gonna keep
2: playing. I don't know about you You're guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope they stick around. I hope so. Yeah, me too. Where they say, "Hey, I I do suck. I should get some lessons and come hit us up. Come Mm. on, yeah, (laughs) we'll help you out." (laughs) (laughs) Nice
2: little plug there.
0: Um, (laughs) All right, let's move on to something that fascinated you um, this past week. Does does, do do either of you guys have anything?
2: Yeah, I have a I have a thing or two. All
0: right, send it. I got one. All right. Well, why don't you go first, because Pete. Okay. us with the last segment.
1: Well, first, uh, re- recapping from last week when we talked about space for just a second ago, my full Instagram page is just flooded with Mars photos now. <laughs> love it, love it. Also, I finished the moon puzzle. It was extremely hard. It was very good. I um, can't imagine
2: a circular puzzle. It's got to be tough. It was sick. It was sick. But good for you. Back
1: to golf. I what I was fascinated by the Bay Hill, Bay Hill tournament this last week with Jordan Spieth yet again. Finding himself in contention somehow, even though he's not, you know, as as prominent of a, of a player as he used to be. Um, but his par three play on Saturday—I think it was was it, or was it Sunday? Saturday. Yeah, 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 Saturday. First of all, his first three holes—he starts birdie, drains like a long putt on the first for bird. <laughs> Second hole, par three, hole in one, sick from like two 20- o. Two or yeah, like one of the hardest holes in the course. Something's just stupid. Uh, hole in one. Next hole, like 40-foot par save. Yeah, he snap like hooked
2: his drive into the water, hits his third shot on the green, and then makes like a, a bomb for yeah, par. ridiculous. So first par
1: three of the day, he holds hole in one. Next par three on the front nine. Hits it into a bunker, greenside bunker. Holes it out for birdie. Are you kidding me? And then back nine... Hits it into a uh, first par three on the back nine, hits it into a bunker, doesn't get it up and down, makes bogey. Last par three of the day, hits it on the front of the green, three-putt, bogey. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's all over the place. Crazy. Crazy. But he gets, he and he had a hole out for Eagle or something like earlier in the week or whatever. So he's he's in contention. He gets another top 10. He, you know, he's showing form. But he's so reliant on all these hole outs and these just wild shots. And then he's making three putts on these par threes that he's hitting in regulation or snapping into the water like after he's just had a miraculous hole out. It's like, what a roller coaster of emotions and just golf shots to watch. I just, I can't believe it. And it's it's kind of like... Well, good lord! Like if he's in contention, but he's relying upon that, like his game is really not probably in the place that we think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's fascinating to watch.
2: Yeah, huh? I think I I told you this last week or whenever we were talking about it, but he might be the second most exciting golfer to watch ever. I mean, in my in my lifetime, I think obviously prime Tiger Woods is is certainly number one, but Speed's just spur like. His play is all over the map, Jesus and it's it's, it's almost stre- – if you're a fan of him, it's very stressful yeah. to watch, but if you're not a fan and you're just a fan of golf, it's just kind of fun to watch because yeah. you might get a hole-in-one, you might get a, a snap hook driver into the water, and then a 40-foot par putt, but, yeah, it's it's exciting. Well, I what think I- him being in
1: contention the last couple of weeks is no doubt his short game is just straight. Fire right now short game's incredible um even though stats would probably say his putting's like here and there i mean he's definitely having good putting weeks and, and it's just the wizardry around the golf like the greens just incredible stuff he's doing but oh my god he's just giving up so many shots off the tee it's not even funny
0: what about um webb simpson where does he fall in the list of most entertaining golfers? <laughs> third or fourth third for or sure four. <laughs> is it close that follow-through is
2: just oh, it's exciting all
0: right um, gonna make a counterpoint about Spieth. Sure, I
1: I know you hate him. So. <laughs>
0: no, I do not hate him. I would agree with Pete that he's like now that Tiger is you know miss you know gonna be out of our lives for some time. Like he if he is in contention on well, I guess I thought a few weeks ago, oh man, Spieth in contention on a Sunday. Like, I can't wait to watch mm-hmm. every every shot. But then he's like sucked on Sunday for the last like five tournaments, so um, there's that. Um, he the, the fact that there haven't been any crowds um, are not really doing him any favors because they they pick up a lot more of his talking, and I think he needs to, he needs to uh, dial yeah. it back just a little bit. Yes, um, I agree. The, the shot, I don't know if you heard it, but when he made a hole-in-one, he was like yelling at that ball in the air to like to sit or to you know he was like complaining about the shot and then it ended up being a hole in one um he's always he always calls his caddy like michael you know he's like michael and like in this way of it's just so like who it's he think he's talking to um and michael like
1: the you know you pick up the mics are there too he's like Jordan, and I just I really don't feel comfortable with that. He's like, well, Michael, I'ma do it. <laughs> it's like, well, there's your problem, dude. Like <laughs> Yeah, I don't uh Jordan, I I just really don't like that club right there. I don't like that
0: shot. Well, God, Michael, you have to do this like too. Yeah. I <laughs> get on the same page, boys. <laughs> I just want a little bit of like, hey man, everyone knows your game is super erratic right now. So yes. don't like 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 I've played, I know the feeling of being erratic off the tee and, you know, not really knowing where it's going to go, but I'm not like complaining about all these, these things that, you know, are within the realm of possibility. Like have a little bit of self-awareness, I would say.
2: I saw an up close video of him, I think a few weeks ago when he was in contention. Um, It was him on a, on a tee shot and he, it's like an up close of him and his caddy, like, and it's not, there's no audio, but you see him, like, he gra- you know how he grabs his towel and, he like, towel, dries Michael, his hand? Michael, towel, he's always, like, reaching towel. over. Um, he did it, like, six times in, like, probably a 30-second video. Like, he does it, brings his hand back, and then goes back to the towel, and then he, like, kind of rubs it on his leg a little bit. He's just, I, I think he's just nervous. I don't know. He's I mean, so key game is so all over the, the map that, like, I'd be nervous, too. I've had a two-way miss before. I remember as a junior in college, when you do not know... Where the ball is going to go, it's stressful. I'll tell you that much. But you're right. He could probably tone it back a little bit as far as his, like, um, yelling at the ball and yelling at Michael. Um, But I kind of can relate. And I think a lot of golfers can relate to that, like, just, I don't know, those nerves or those. He
1: he lives and dies by every shot. And it's like, that's why he's exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, live life or death on the edge, (laughs) Jordan
0: Spieth. Yeah. Cool. All right, uh your your fascinating topic.
2: Yeah, so I, I know we've talked a little bit about uh the big golfer Bryson, but I'd like to to bring him back for a second. So on number 6, uh the the par 5 at Bay Hill, I don't know if you guys saw this on, I think it was Saturday. You know, he'd been hyping up all week, I'm going to go for the green or it's or if it's mm-hmm. downwind, yep. I'm going to go for the yep. green. The conditions are yeah. Yeah. He did it in the practice round twice, uh, hit it in the water two times, like 10 or 15 yards short, but the wind or the conditions weren't ideal uh, per Bryson. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Saturday, he uh, had down – must. the wind must have been helping. I think it's a 365 or 370 carry. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it is. And he goes – all out on his drive and then he right after probably the ball's midway through the the flight and probably hits its apex he throws both hands up (laughs) in the air and just lets out this huge yell and the crowd's going crazy he puts like he's got his two pointer fingers up I, I wanted to ask you guys have you ever can you remember any shot that didn't go in the hole that somebody celebrated like can you think of a shot that didn't go in the hole so not a not a putt not a chip shot that went in not a hole in one but that somebody celebrated I can't think of one
0: Oh that's a great question.
1: What's the what's the one shot where he goes be the right club today and then he he gives a big fist Oh bump. that's at yeah. the player's hell Sutton. Sutton yeah hell yeah. Sutton he he, he knocks his stiff and he goes yes. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that's like, a, the there right. you Yeah
0: go. Just, I would but I, okay you, could you also say like the 18th hole kind you, of a You would maybe tournament. exempt that Right. Like he had that shot. He won the tournament. True. So true. It makes, but yeah, on hole six. Hole six it, on a Saturday. You're going full John yeah. Cena, yeah. arms up in the air. Like, and then he,
2: thrilling. He I mean, did it again when the ball landed. He like turned to the crowd and throws his arms up again and the crowd goes crazy. I just thought that was really funny.
0: I would. Okay. My answer is that I have coached lots of junior golfers and been with them the moment they make it over the water on hole 16 at Canal Shores and mm. over the water on hole nine at Canal Shores. We get some big celebrations, um, deservedly so. You made, you made it much over so. the water. I mean, what what type of of shot could be more exciting um, in golf? Is like you're making it you're making it over the water. Yeah. That you just like couldn't and I know it sounds so simple, but it's like, wow, it made it <laughs> well, over. Like, and with, yeah. with
2: canal like number nine and number sixteen, it's such a distinct water hazard. It's not yes. just like a normal pond. It's like yeah. a valley and a yeah. canal. So like there's like probably a fifty or forty foot drop. So yeah. getting it over that for the first time, I don't I mean, I don't blame those kids. It's awesome. Yeah. It's it's I, I mean, super it exciting. Yeah, I mean you've played golf
0: with me enough that if I any time I go over a tree, I just like always ca- I always yeah, hit absolutely. it really good. Absolutely. And so there's something about like you're doing this, this hitting something over something else. Is I love it when the kids like can
1: slam their bags down and they put... You know the five golf balls they have in their pocket back in their bag, and mm. then they're digging through their bag to get the ball to hit over the canal because yep. they don't want to hit their yeah. colored super soft over yeah. there or lose mm-hmm. one that is mm-hmm. valuable to them. They're like, oh, this is my water ball. But then this crappy ball that they chose to sacrifice, if they do get it over, then that ball is like immortal. Right? <laughs> and they're like, right. oh, now this is my favorite golf ball. Get that thing I'm going to use this one everywhere now until <laughs> yeah. I lose it.
2: Fun fact about uh, number nine at canal when i was a kid growing up when it was known as peter jans um that that little um what's it called halfway house kind of thing there um the guy that worked there used to say if you can hit this over the canal and on the green i'll give you a free hot dog and so i was probably like nine or ten at the time and that was was bill murray (laughs) i think it was well past the bill murray days (laughs) but you know i it could have been it could (laughs) have been it might as well have been because he was acting like him but um, I remember like that's what, when I was going to play golf out at, at Peter Jan's, I was like, I gotta hit it over the canal. I need a free hot I'm dog. Really when hungry. like, <laughs> in reality, it's like it's a free hot dog. It's probably like two dollars, but two dollars at, at that age is it's a lot. So, um, I can relate to your students, you know, throwing their hands up in the air and celebrating that shot.
0: Yeah, it's thrilling. Yeah. Um, I right, well, we move on. My, my, something that I was fascinated by is similar to my like the question the question of the week Okay, all right. so are you guys ready for the question of the week i i yes. just doing this it's a little selfish with this question but i hope that's okay um <laughs> that's i will good. i'm I'm treating you guys as my um i don't know friends but also you know therapist slash mentors slash uh life coaches at this moment and i i am i'm committing to to follow through with your advice at the end of this he's okay. invested wow mm. okay Let's mess with them. (laughs) My question for you guys is, should I rejoin social media? Mm. Okay. That's what I've been thinking about a lot this week. All right. Specifically, specifically Instagram. All right. Um, A few reasons. I I left, you know, a while ago um, as a, it's not just too much time scrolling. get sick of all the comments and You've left like a couple times, right? You're taking breaks. This has been times, this has right? been like four, probably 4 months at yeah, least. This has so been this like is, your longest break, yeah. right? And I didn't never really had the plan to like go back. And I feel like getting off of it has made me a little bit more uh like more present in my everyday life, a little more happy cuz I'm not uh, there will be times where I'd be you know, like the, the thing that people like especially golf related on social media is like you see, uh, they post one swing and it's a bad Someone's bad golf swing, and then they post the end of the lesson. Like, wow, look at these! Like this great progress that they made. Sure. And I found myself like actually thinking about that like video that I would take like in the midst of the lesson. Okay, so I was you know doing it. Yeah, you know, obviously you're trying to help the student, but there's some part of it of like, oh, if I if I can make this look good, like that'd be pretty cool. Like that would be a good a good change or a good transformation but that's not you know that's not helping the student maybe as much as i could because we all we, we've seen enough that if someone comes in with a with a pretty questionable move it's it's not that hard to to help them and and make a see some significant change in, in an hour yeah, sure. i right you know i, I joke with with alex Pryor that it, it'd be like if he he like posted uh like pictures of of uh a drawing that his daughter did. And it was like a drawing from last year, and then a drawing from this year. And it was like, look, last year she couldn't even stay in the lines look at just squiggles like there's no there's nothing any, anywhere you know close to any coherence this but now look at now she she used two colors and they you know she's able to color in the lines look at that like great work olivia like yeah what awesome progress. what a year yeah. she's four what a year <laughs> but but it's the same it's the same concept of like yeah people just get better at things if if they practice time, them right. a little bit, yeah. and and I think golf is somewhat similar. So There's a little bit to that, like golf Instagram, like that's the what most instructors or most coaches where they where they go towards um, uh, that, or just basic tips. That yeah. it's just like here's how to hit a bunker <sighs> here's shot. How I'm yeah. presenting here's how to this not slice same
1: it. thing over and over yeah. and over again. But yeah. watch me do it.
0: And so there's a lot of there's a lot of noise noise out there. I think um, I feel like people have. Certain people have – everyone has something that they're they're really good at and that they should talk about and they should share about. But just because you, like, can say something, I would say, like, doesn't mean, like, you should be saying something, right? So if – uh, you know, I'd say, for example, like, I really like George Gankus, but he's, like – or even, like, I could say Mike Benders in the same thing. These people have, like, kind of pioneered a way of teaching and of coaching and of swinging. It's like, hey, you should you – yeah, know, let's put that out. But me, who I'm just really – copying other people at this point like maybe i shouldn't be like that that doesn't need to necessarily be out there that's not making Mm -hmm. it better like my my opinions on the nba aren't like gonna make anything better but that's what you know so it's like i think you know i hate lebron it's like well what what are we doing here okay this isn't really helping us in any um good way uh the other part about i didn't like is that you know you talked about bryson that really bryson at least if you're on golf if you go on golf twitter which you can access not on your phone so i do that sometimes or or instagram it's like it's not enough to just talk about what about bryson it's like is bryson ruining the game (laughs) or it's bryson is great for the game it's like you have to make these ultimate like statements about just sides right something that's happening yeah and it's like you have to choose sides and it's like you're in either the camp that's like Bryson is great for golf. Who cares about the distance? It's awesome. It's fun to hit it far. Or, like, Bryson's ruining distance. Look at he made a mockery of a par five. He had <laughs> 70 yards into a par five. It's horrible for the game. But when when reality, it's just, like, golf, like, golf's going to be fine. It's been here for a long time. People enjoy playing it. Like, we, we have this idea that what happens in this, like, one tournament, in this one moment has these, like, everlasting, uh, you know, this impact on the game when actually that's pretty silly think about like of course it's not yeah. going to um then okay so and then uh, now i'm going i'm gonna go to the positive okay, so okay. from this past okay. weekend okay I, I kind of think about maybe jansen you don't remember this but maybe pete you do when when people started getting cell phones like and this would have been you know, when did you get your first cell phone middle school mm. high school
2: Being between eighth grade and freshman year. Yeah, so
0: it's around that time. Same for me. Uh, It started with a flip phone, and not everyone had texting. And if you did, there was, like, a limited amount of text that you could send. And so there's sometimes, like, oh, hey, I'll text you. And that person's just like, I I don't have text. Mm -hmm. So kind of am I, like, by not being on Instagram, something that, like, everyone's on, am I just being, like, I don't have text? You know, it's a little bit, like, all right, that's just kind of annoying to be, you know. It's like, all right, everyone's kind of doing this thing, you know. Why Why not? You know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, uh, as I, uh, oh, the other thing is, I my wife I had a baby recently, okay? And and Chris, on, apparently on our, the golf practice Instagram, posted a pic, said like, congrats on the baby and like posted a picture. And, and then uh, as I was like walking through the facility the other day, Josh Doobie, who's a student, I don't really, he's one of Andrew's students, I don't know him that well, but he's like, hey, congrats on the baby. I was like, oh, that's really a nice thing to say, like, yeah. it felt it made me feel seen, and it felt like someone was like knew about me. um And that was something that he found out, you know, through social media that if, if that didn't exist, like, he wouldn't have known that about it, and I wouldn't have had that kind of connection with that person. Sure. That I otherwise, mm-hmm. wouldn't have wanted to. Um, so that's the one positive thing that happened recently. The other positive thing is, you know, I was on looking on Twitter or something on Sunday, and I got reminded of this. this instagram account um called less than 14 okay and that's a golf account about and it's like people who play with less than 14 clubs okay and so (laughs) it's like it's something that i would use to look at a lot okay but but i've been thinking lately about like i got this new order from callaway coming got the x forged irons three through pitching wedge i got two wedges i got a hybrid i got a uh, three wood new epic speed driver and and you kind of have these thoughts you know i've obviously i've talked about playing with half set for a long time or playing with fewer clubs have these thoughts of like oh man if i just go back to a full set like think of how many more birdies i'd be able to make like it's gonna be make the game so much easier like how that would really like help me get to the next level okay um so you kind of have that in the back of your mind but then when i when i found found this account or like went back to it it like brought all these like great memories of playing golf with with half of a set of clubs, okay, and so it it, it actually reminded me last year, um, three, yeah, three of my th- like three most three of my four five rounds that I could actually can actually remember from the past year were were done with six clubs, I Mammoth wow. Dunes, yep, I shot I shot six under six clubs, so that's telling. Me, I'm like sick. So if I did that, I know that's sweet. yeah, it was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. It was a great. It was a it was a really good. That's a low round. A good day, yeah. That was my lowest round ever. Um, and the other one, we pl- Pete, you and I, we played Calumet together. Mm-hmm. I also had six clubs. And I remember you jo- You're like, we're gonna play a match, and you're like, okay, I'll play six clubs too. That was most times when you ask people to do that, or I didn't even ask you. You you volunteered to do it. You weren't afraid to. Yeah, step first time in. I'd ever done that. Yeah, and then the other one was like my last. Like, before my dad died last year, my last round, I played with him. I only used six clubs. Mm. And he told, I remember him telling me, he's like, he always would say dumb things like this, but he was like, you, he's like, you should start a a golf, and I had this one, like, little pink martini tee that he gave me, you know, but it was, like, a really small (laughs) one. And he's like, you should start a, you should start a golf school that's, you only have six clubs and one T. <laughs> <So like, laughs> like, like, like I'm not sure that would really sell, but but just like I like still can like hear hear like him saying that sure. to me. Okay, so that uh, you know brought back some good That's some awesome. good memories yeah. to these past things, and now so now I'm thinking like I told you last night, I was like Pete, I think I'm going six clubs this year, um, and so so that was you know this this newfound you know joy and optimism and, and I don't know gusto for. For life, yeah. really, has come from because you've revisited this, this page that you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. on right. social media yeah, yeah. okay that's, that's do you yeah. think
2: eventually you're just going to keep working your way down and you just have like one club <laughs> no I don't I, <laughs> like I when want, does it end are you going to go down to five
0: I want and I'm not I'm not saying I will stick at six because it's six is a it's a stretch but because it's really hard there's just a big gap somewhere of where you have to hit one club about like 30 yards less than full, which might be okay. Because um, I saw also through this website, I saw a quote of, it was a story from Jack Nicklaus and it said he was hitting seven irons on the driving range and some guy in the crowd you know probably he would have tweeted this if he could have but he was like hey i like i can hit a seven iron that far 150 yards i can hit it that far and then so jack ball after ball went went, like a little bit farther and a little bit farther and a little bit farther with each seven iron it kept going farther and farther and farther and he was like yeah i only he's like i hit a seven iron 150 because that's the distance i choose to hit it so (laughs) um, i I just think that's a cool way to think about (laughs) about about playing. Whereas, you know, some people's like, my seven's my 160 club, and that's it. I only have one right. speed I can go at. It goes 160. When I'm 160 out, uh, I hit my seven. If I'm 163 out, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> right? <It's a> complete, <laughs> yeah. um, and so um, I don't know if I'll completely stay there, but that's kind of what I'm thinking about for right now.
2: Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I back to the Calumet round that we played in, uh, I think that was September. I'd never done that before, never even thought about doing it before um it's not like i had been asked and said no but i think the old me would have said no i think if you asked me that in college or in late high school i would have been like no why would i play with less than 14 you're given 14 for a reason you use them all but when I did play that round with you, uh, we had a pretty good match that day. Went down to the the last couple of holes. We actually played the wrong hole. Oh, yeah. That's why uh, that round is the most. Important. <laughs> <laughs> we played the wrong hole in like the sixteenth or like the fifteenth hole, and then realized that that was actually eighteen, I think. So we played sixteen yeah. as eighteen. Oh. It was a whole mess. It was not but our
0: best moment because we got to what. Let's just say it was the fifteenth hole that we thought it was a par 5 you know looked at the scorecard <laughs> and we hit good drives and we were like had 130 in and we we're like what wow, like I actually hit man, a 3 had 130 in. yeah we both had three alert. 130 <laughs> in on a par 5 that's pretty pretty yeah. sick like we must have like crushed Bryce? those but then like after whole 17 we like oh we already played this hole <laughs> like we <laughs> found that we actually never played the par 5 so that was uh that was funny.
2: But we played all 18 yeah. holes, just not in the order that they so are order. on the scorecard. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was a good good match. Um, fun round. I, I had to hit some shots that I don't normally hit. You know, take a four iron from 170 yards and hit like a, a cut shot that bounces 10 yards short and rolls up on the green. You, you, you had to have more of an imagination. Um, and that's what I enjoyed most about it was that, you know, like you just said, most people or a lot of golfers have one swing one swing speed with their seven iron it goes 150 yards 160 yards they don't know what to do if they have 163 or 164 so um you kind of have to use your imagination use your athleticism it's not so much thinking technical it's more thinking like feel and uh, and using your athleticism so um definitely you got me on the train of the of the half set i've been here at at the cube and using a, a half set uh kind of a myriad of of random clubs which has been fun too um but yeah, I'm definitely pro half set. I I don't know if I could do six like forever, but certainly want to try this this upcoming season.
0: All right. So, uh, do you guys have do you have a verdict? Do you have an answer to my question? Oh, that's right. Forgot. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, real quick I... on the on the half set thing. I mean, I'm the same way, man. Like my most memorable rounds of the last year, uh, nine or ten clubs in the bag. Yeah. Nine or ten. That's kind of my sweet spot. I like. I feel comfortable. Like I have enough. If not like 10 is kind of if I throw an extra wedge in or an extra hybrid. Like when I went up to San Valley with my dad, I think I had 10 in because I threw in an extra hybrid because I knew I kind of wanted that for some of those shots. But like everything else was nine. And honestly, my biggest regret was putting all my clubs back in for a full 14 when I went to Pebble oh, and played. Wow. I'm, I'm you dead serious. That? Why? Because I, fa- I, especially like when I played like Spyglass and stuff like, I found myself wanting to craft shots and just making sloppy swings. Cause I'm like, Oh, I have an eight iron. It's just like, Oh, it's just a full eight iron. Oh, it's just a full six or it's just a full this. It's full that. And I'm like, Oh, but like, I really want to like take some off a seven and like slice <laughs> it in there. I really want to like step on the five when I have to. And, and so I was just making like these lazy golf swings and it would take me a couple holes to just kind of warm up and be like, dude, just like freaking swing. Everything's full. But then I was like, Well, this is boring because I'm just making full swings all day, you know, and hitting the same shot over and over again. And so, like, that was literally my biggest regret was playing those two rounds with a full set of clubs.
2: That's interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: So, like, I definitely want to, like, go back and play. And, like, when I go play wherever, like, the golf trip kind of takes me this year or whatever, like, I am fully committed to nine or ten clubs, man. Never that's cool. And and this year I want to go two sets. So I'll go like the odds and the evens and split the wedges truly, not just throw all the wedges in one bag and have like ten. You know, like I want to like literally like reach into my golf closet with my eyes closed and, and say, Okay, which bag is it gonna be? Is it gonna be the green one or is it gonna be the black one? Is it gonna be odds or evens? Pull that one out and then go tee it out.
2: For the folks listening at home, your golf closet is a true golf closet. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's Sick. not just a closet with golf clubs; it's a golf closet. It's it's
1: a closet. It's a shrine. It's a collection. <laughs> it's a closet. Yeah. It's it's everything.
0: You make a good point, though, that uh, about like your most memorable rounds were with were with like fewer clubs because mm. there's something about I don't know maybe there's something about hitting different shots that makes it stick in your mind a little bit more. I'm not sure. Um, but I think we too- had, oh, go ahead. We had like great friend of the podcast Mark was in for lesson Saturday and he had had listened to our podcast and he's like yeah I he's like I only get to play golf I hear what what some of some people are saying of like you I only get to play golf once a week why would I want to kind of waste that round not trying to post a number and I guess what I found in in thinking about that and and since we're talking um the rounds where you go out and try to post a number kind of just like go in In one ear and out the other. They don't. They haven't stuck with me um, as much as as some other rounds where I've you know hit more I don't know heroic or more interesting shots or or more you know if you're if you're using a half set of clubs guarantee you'll be more kind of like present and more focused throughout the round. You just have to be, Um, and so those kind of things can somehow add value. It, potentially more value than than around where you try to post a number, could be. Um, yeah.
1: Like w- the most memorable one for me was like my lowest of the season, which was at Mammoth as well. My dad and I went up on this little Wisconsin golf tour, which was just awesome. I played some of my best golf, probably ever, and that was with ten clubs. But I I played those courses before, and I knew I knew what clubs I needed to have success with out there. So it was like, okay, I'm going to throw in this extra hybrid and I want these wedges and and I want these clubs cuz I know I'm going to have numbers or shots that fit these clubs. And so I had more of a game plan and so that I knew that although I don't have every single club, every single club has a purpose. And like that made me feel really comfortable to be able to go out and shoot a number. Like a in, in my best number of the season. And it's also, you know, cool again, too, like, hey, could I just reach in my closet and go make it work? Hell yeah, like, that's super cool, too. But being thoughtful and having a strategy of what clubs you do choose, like, that was really fun. That was really fun to do and go through mm-hmm. that process.
2: Should so, we get back to the original, but the original question? question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we went <were> a little <laughs> off the rails. I admitted today.
0: myself to, to the court.
2: Why don't you take this one first?
0: Yeah, I
1: mean... I see it from both ways, man, and it's like, and you bring up a good point, of like when you are on on these these platforms of social media, of like you do have to choose a side. Are you all in on this? Or are you all in on that? And so, I've never really been a person like that to be all in on one thing or the other. Like I'll respect whatever you think, and so I don't think I let some of these posts or these comments or these things bother me. And so I think that's why I'm on social media because like I'll post on my terms or I'll like things on my terms, and whatever's out there like I'll take it in as information and digest it how I want to. And uh so I think if you can do that then awesome cuz mm-hmm. you know what you just shared about in the tangent we just went on was from a page that you revisited and it unleashed like all these these great memories and fond experiences that you've had and so I think that's that's pretty awesome and uh what a great opportunity to use a platform like that for things that could happen in the future or to reminisce on things that are important to you or people that are important to you that've played a role in your life. So I think you should join back on, but on your terms. Right. Okay. That'd be my, One vote my thing.
0: Yes.
2: I'm going to quote my mom. Um, she has this great quote that we, she, we kind of use or She uses kind of for everything. When I was a kid, she used to say everything in moderation, do whatever you Dude, want. My mom said the same thing. Yeah, there you go. Moms get it. Moms get it. Shout out moms. Um, yeah, she, I remember, like, talking about, like, junk food or something. Like, yeah, you can have some junk food. You should you should be able to have that bowl of sugary cereal or a Rice Krispie Treat or whatever it is, but don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. So I know it's simple, but you can really apply it to most things in life, especially something like social media, which you listed off the positives and the negatives. There are plenty of things that it's good for that, that you can take away from it that are positive. Josh Doobie congratulating you on your baby, which he otherwise wouldn't have known about, um, had it not been for that Instagram post, or at least assumed that he wouldn't know about it. But there's also the negatives that come along with it. I think the negatives overall probably outweigh the positives. So if you are going to rejoin it, try to limit your time on it, however that might be. Um, if you're... I don't know what what it would be. But try to limit your time on it. I wouldn't go on Twitter. Stay off Twitter, no, honestly. No, this is just
0: uh, Instagram. Just
2: Instagram. Yeah, Twitter... I kind of regret going on it because it is addicting and it, you can go down in some, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, dark holes on Twitter just because it is mostly negative. I feel like, or at least, I don't know, maybe it's just the stuff I'm consuming on Twitter, (laughs) but with the tiger stuff we talked about last week, um, that was all hard to see. And I was getting hit with it all day long that day when in reality, as long as I knew that he was going to live and that, that was really the most important thing. That's really all the information I needed to know. Um, but Instagram, like Jansen said, and like you, you brought up Andy. I think it's it's got a lot of positives. Um, I would just do it in moderation.
0: All right. Oh, that's so that's
2: two yes votes.
0: All right, I'll give it, I'll give it a try, and we'll report back. You know, next week.
1: Excited to hear you decide, man. You know,
0: no, I, I you guys. Now I have somebody to blame on if I. If I hate it,
1: so. we'll check in with you yeah. all right. as the week goes on. Hey, how you feeling? You doing all right? Can
2: Appreciate I it. ask a follow up on last week's show about Rob?
0: <laughs> what is the question?
2: It's just like, what did he listen? First of all, did he hear that information? And what does he think?
0: Can we? Can we? We can save that. Can we save show? that for yeah next yeah. time? Um, but I'm excited question. to hear. We have a little cliffhanger. All right. A few things to listen back for. Um, Maybe we'll send some messages out, see if we can get a... He did listen. He had some thoughts, so we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. Maybe he could call in. Call in. Uh, That'd be cool. I mean, he lives 10 minutes away, so... Could even... Come on. We'll see. All right. Clean contact. Thank you, guys. Good conversation. Thanks for having me. I hit it again. Because that shot was a defining moment. And when the defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Well,
1: here it comes. Oh my goodness.